if you're joining us online, uh, good morning. I'm jealous you are in your pajamas and likely uh, on your couch or somewhere else random, but we don't know, but welcome this morning. Um, and you are in a series, correct? And what, what is that series on? Anybody? Prayer. Prayer. Awesome. So this morning, um, Pastor Dave asked me to share on thankfulness uh, in prayer. And, and I love it. You know, he reached out to me and he's like, hey, Mike, we'd love to have you at Church on the Rock. And I'm like, hey, what, what would you like me to speak on? And you just got to get ready. You don't know. It could be anything. Anything can come at your way. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what, the, the, what it's going to be, what the topic is going to be. And he said, I would love for you to talk about thankfulness in prayer. And I was like, done. Easy. And, you know, how many of you, uh, how many of you say thank you? Anyone? Some of you just, your hands are like, nope, never. I get it. People ask you to raise your hand in church, you're like, I'm not doing that. Uh, but I'm sure you do. Even if you didn't raise your hand, you just stared at me. I'm sure you say thank you at some point. But we say thank you for various reasons, and our thank yous have various weights. Someone holds a door open for you, oh, thanks. Maybe somebody buys you a, a, a nice meal, oh, thanks. Maybe someone pulls you out of a, of a burning car, there's a thank you. Like, there's different weights to the thanks that we give. Uh, in life, and we say thank you for various reasons. And so to understand thankfulness, I want to talk about understanding your, your fullness in Christ. You know, when we, come, when we come to God, thankfulness is imminent. When we encounter the God of all creation, when we encounter the, the God of us, our, our salvation, the everlasting Father, it, it, if we understand who He is and how He is, it's impossible to come to God without thankfulness. And if we do, I always say this, there's either something that we don't know or there's something that we've forgotten. Or there's a situation in our life that is kind of clouding that reality. Because I don't know about you, there's times in my life I'm going through difficulty, it is hard to be thankful, but then we can adjust. But when we look at God and see who he is and how he is, and we look, at, we look into the face of Jesus, uh, it begins to put things in perspective. And so, I want to talk about this. Thank you for my fullness in Christ. So to come to God in thankfulness, we need to understand our fullness in Jesus. Hence all the water here this morning, just in case you're wondering. I'm not just really thirsty, although I am. And so we need to understand fullness because in life, this is you, got you from my cupboard this morning, and you know, life has a way of depleting us. Is anybody, there's certain things in life that deplete you. I won't ask you to raise your hand because you'll just stare at me and that's fine. I get it. I've been there. I realized, oh, I should have raised my hand then, but I didn't. That's okay. They'll forgive me. But there's things in life that deplete you. Maybe you go through difficulty. You have a bad week at work. You have a bad day at work. You know, my, my wife and I, she's, she's in a real difficult season with work. So, so we write on the calendar. Um, she's, like, she's like, oh, this is, a, this is a tough day. And we call it a B day. Not like a birthday because those are great. But B-Day stands for bad day. You know, sometimes that can deplete you. 
And, or maybe you just you do something for somebody else and that depletes you. Maybe you help your friend move because you have a pickup truck for the 87th time and that depletes you. Growing up, my, my father owned a cube van that I was licensed to drive, so you can believe anytime anybody who even had a remote shred of relationship with me was asking me to move. Pizza is just not that good, okay? Like, I like pizza, but it's just not that good. I literally moved one of my friends five times. And I've been living in the same place uh, for like 14 years, so I'm not really demanding moves for, from people. But, you know, life depletes you. And then things, maybe we hang out with friends, we have an awesome time with family, we come to church on a Sunday morning, we're here in the worship team, we're, we're, we're being filled. And then we go through life and it can deplete us again. And then we go about our week and it depletes us again. Or maybe something good happens and it, and it you know, fills our cup a little bit. And that is, that is the reality of every person who lives on the planet. There's things that fill you, and there's things that deplete you. But we need to understand our fullness in Christ so we can accurately come to God in thankfulness, yes, in prayer, but also in life. And so I want to rapid fire to you a, a, a bunch of verses just to kind of lay out for you what our fullness in Christ looks like and what that means. So again, if, if you're writing things down, uh, these are going to be quick, but I encourage you to go back later. Colossians 1, verse 22, it talks about how Jesus has, has made us holy, blame, blameless, and above reproach in him. Colossians 3, 3 says, for you have died. Oh, that sounds great. Keep reading. For you have died... This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hebrews 12, 2. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Some translations say founder and perfecter. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, he who knew no sin became sin so that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. John 1, verses 11 to 13, says, For all who have received him and believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, Not that we are sufficient in and of ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. John 1, verse 16, grace upon grace, it says, For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. And I do want to turn to uh, 1 Peter. My Bible is getting very wet this morning, you can imagine. 1 Peter chapter 5, I'm going to start at verse 6. It says verse 7 up there because that's kind of the the meat that I want to highlight. But it says this, in, ver in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. 
We keep reading. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Well, that sounds good. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Anybody in here like fishing? Give me a nod if you like fishing. Well, you, you cast, right? You got, yeah, I don't know, maybe you're ice fishing and you just kind of drop it in the big hole. But, you know, when you're fishing, you cast and you reel it back in. You cast and you reel it back in. The problem with casting with fishing is that when you cast, you're hopefully bringing something back to you. Well, with this kind of casting, hopefully you're not bringing your anxieties back to you. Don't cast your anxieties on him like you would cast a fishing rod because you're going to end up with your anxieties back again. But we're to cast them on him. And so we need to remember this. So he, here's, here's the state of humanity going through life, filling themselves with various things. Maybe it's success, maybe it's money, maybe it's security, maybe it's power, maybe it's approval, maybe it's comfort, maybe it's control. And, and, and we like these things and that begins to fill us. And then suddenly we get uncomfortable or we lose the power that we perceive to, be, to have. And, 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 and we feel empty. We feel less full. But for you and I in this room and in your room this morning, this is, this is our state as believers, is that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. So there you go. You're in Christ. This is Jesus this morning. I'm sure he uh, looked a little better than that. But this is our state. There you are. Can you see you? Not really. It's not very clear, actually. It's, I see more of him, and I see less of myself. Interesting. And you know what? We'll still go through life when we're in Christ. We still face difficulty and, and trial and issues and sickness and disease and hardship when we're in Christ. But yet, here's the problem now, or here's the benefit now, is that when I pour myself out, when I empty myself, when, when something happens, maybe I write a B on the calendar because it's been a bad day and I feel like I'm depleted, am I any less full? No. Can I, can I feel less full? Sure. Can things in my life point to the fact that I might feel less full than I really am in Christ? Yeah, they could. But do those things in my life take away from my fullness in Jesus? Never. And I would say that this is, for me, this is one of the hardest things to remember daily. Because there are times when we are, whew, we, we, we feel it. Because we're in this life. And there can be difficulty. But yet we are never, we are never depleted because we, were, we, don't, we don't just, you know, it's, it's, it's not this. It's not that we live our lives and then here we are, we're doing our thing and then, you know, we, we lose a little bit, we lose a little bit, life kind of jostles you and bumps you and you lose a little bit and then you come to church on a Sunday and then, oh, praise the Lord. And then we leave and you hear, you hear a great sermon and Dave crushes it and you're loving it and the worship team is just killing it and you go home and you're, you're so full, oh, look, to the brim even. But then 
you can turn into a certain lane and then all of a sudden, oh, somebody cuts you off. And you, you don't give them a thumbs up, it's a different finger. And, and, you're, and you're just feeling like life is already, Sunday's not even over. And you just wish you could go back into that moment and, and relive it. Guess what? There you are. That's where you are. That is a, at least if I'm going to throw some water and some glass at it, I think that would be a pretty good picture of what our fullness in Christ looks like. It does not mean, I, I need to say this crystal clear, it does not mean if you are in Christ, you're not going to face difficulty in this world. Because you will. As a matter of fact, Jesus promises it. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There you are. This is a beautiful picture of our lives are hidden with Christ in God. And if I had an even bigger vessel this morning, I could put Christ in God, even though, you know, to understand the Trinity, you'd be like, I don't really know if that's accurate. That's okay. It's a great mystery. I'm not going to try to fully explain it this morning. But ultimately, we're full. We need to remember that when life happens. Because oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I know about me, oftentimes when I come to God in prayer, it's usually because, if I'm honest with myself, it's usually because I have a need. I got something going on. I need something that I don't have. Or I need something that I don't perceive I have in the moment. Sometimes it's practical, sometimes it's spiritual, sometimes it's mental, sometimes it's emotional, but I come to God because I need something. Maybe I come to God because I need to cast my anxieties on him and realize that he cares for me, but here I am. My state in Christ is not changed by the circumstances of life, and circumstances of life can get heavy. I remember in, in 2009, my, my wife and I, well, she, depending on how you like to say it, she got pregnant, I helped, um, but we found ourselves expecting, and it was like the three-month mark came, and that's kind of, you know, the time they say, hey, you can start telling people, so we started telling people, and we announced it, and it was a joyous, joyous occasion, and about two weeks into that, into that three months, we find ourselves uh, in the hospital, weeping, uh, in a hospital bed, because the, the child had miscarried. <clears throat> it was 2009, but it still feels like it was yesterday. And I remember in that moment, my wife and I are just absolutely devastated as we, you know, we're in this fluorescent, yellowish, beigeish room with your classic hospital bed, and I remember my wife and I just weeping. And I thought in the moment, God, I need your peace. And I remember just placing my hand on my wife's forehead and just praying a simple prayer that, God, we need your peace. And I remember in that moment, never in my life before have I experienced the tangible, physical peace of God. And I would say I've never experienced it like that moving forward ever again. But it was out of that moment of absolute suffering that I got to experience the peace of God. 
He is not absent in our suffering. He is not distant in our difficulties. He is right there, and I am right there in him. And understanding that fullness that comes from being in Christ, that's right where you are this morning. That's right where you, maybe you're at a bedside weeping like my wife and I were. That's right where we were in Christ. And, you know, the closest story, I have two beautiful daughters, and, you know, we, we, did, we did suffer a miscarriage again after that, shortly thereafter, but now I have, and they're 10 and 13, and it's just to, just to close that story loop for you, um, we did not stay in that place. And it was amazing that in that moment, when you experience something like, when you experience something like a miscarriage, it's not something really, people really talk about, but I couldn't believe the church that we were a part of, all of a sudden, people coming out of the woodwork, women coming out of the woodwork saying, we're praying for you, we went through that. Because in the moment of your difficulty, we often feel very isolated and alone. But man, it was amazing to me how many people had experienced the same type of suffering that I and my wife had experienced. And it's hard in moments like that to remind yourself of your fullness in Christ. It's hard to be thankful in moments like that. And I'm talking like this is now 13 years later, and I, when I retell that story, I still go right back there. Because it was, it, was, it was a real and it was a tangible moment of suffering in my life. But I also got to experience the peace of God. So from his fullness comes our thankfulness. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16 says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Wow. Notice that right after it says pray without ceasing, it says give, give thanks in all circumstances. See, I love this, this quote by Elizabeth Elliot, and it goes like this, it's Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. I love that. I love that. It's Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I want to be in a different set of circumstances. I can look at somebody else's life and I can think to myself, hmm, if only I was in that life, perhaps, then things would be good. Perhaps I would acknowledge or perhaps I would feel full. And with social media being what it is, usually people are kind of putting on display the highlight reel of their life. You, you kind of just see the goodness. And there are some people who, you know, post these moments. 
and you know, where it's like their, their toddler just decimated the whole house in paint, and you're like, oh, that's not great. There one day I went upstairs, and my, my youngest daughter was uh, about one and a half, and I, and I go into her room to, to, I hear her, she's, oh, she's up from her nap. And I go in, I go into her bedroom, and I open the door, my, my, my wife's away with some friends and our other daughter, and I open the door, and I look in, and I see my, my daughter standing there, covered in her own poop. And uh, the crib has been lambasted in her own poop. It's like she just took her diaper and just Bob Rossed it everywhere, a little bit here and a little bit there, and it was all over the place. And I remember in that moment, you know, I didn't post that to social media, no, I did send a pic to my wife and was like, uh, this is fun. Again, I can laugh at that, but I wanted to be in a different set of circumstances in that moment. And as a parent, you get up close and personal with everything that is inside of a human that now comes outside of a human in a whole nother light. And then you get so used to it, it doesn't even bother you anymore, and you're like, something's wrong with me. <laughs> See, it's Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. And, and, and for, for you and I, the, the prelude to every prayer needs to be thankfulness for our fullness in him. See, when we see our situations and we see the, the difficulties and the suffering and the circumstances that we face in life, when we see those through the light of this reality, it begins to reorient those things in our life. It begin, when we look through the things of life through his fullness, through his grace, it, it changes the way that we view our current circumstance, even though our current circumstance may not change. But how we view it can change. Thankfulness changes that. May not change our circumstance, but it changes the way that we see it. Does anybody remember that song? Uh, it's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I love that one. And, it, you know, it goes, it goes uh, I got the lyrics here. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And it says, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I just, I'm hearing it now in my head. Turn your eyes upon, and I'm just going there. That's the truth of this reality. The things of earth will grow strangely Dim. If I turn my eyes upon Jesus, I look at him in the light of his glory and grace. What do you do when a light is shone in your face? Do you open your eyes ever so wider and just stare at it? No. You squint and you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You ever been camping with like a child? or an adult who doesn't know how to use a flashlight, and they're like, I'm looking for this thing, and all of a sudden the light is right in your eyes, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Everything around you becomes dim, because all you can see is that blinding light. There's the things of earth coming, not strangely dim, but obviously dim, because the light's been shone in my face. But if we turn our eyes upon Jesus, we turn our eyes upon, it says, look, look full, 
You ever in a situation where someone's like, oh, look, look at that, and you don't look? And what do they do? They're like, look, look. If, you have, if you're ever around children, you know this is, happens all the time. Dad, look, dad, look, 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 dad, look. Dad, you're not looking. Okay, I'm looking. You know, and then you got, they got to grab your face and turn it, and you look. Oh, I see that. Wow. That's a really cool garbage can, huh? It's great. But we are instructed to look. Hebrews 12, 2, as we read, it instructs us to look. Look upon Jesus. And when we come to God in prayer, I would encourage you, I encourage myself, I need to look. I need to look unto Jesus. I need to look into, the, into his fullness and realize that my fullness in life Ultimately, despite my situation, my circumstance, my, my suffering, my difficulty, even despite my successes and my joy, is unchanged. The fullness of Jesus, that goes unchanged because Christ never changes. There's never a moment where Christ is like, oh, 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 I just expended some of myself and now I'm emptier than I was. Nope. Jesus doesn't get jostled by the things of this world. It wasn't meant to be alliteration, but it was kind of fun, so let's go with it. And again, this doesn't mean that we pretend that we don't have difficulty. This doesn't mean that we pretend we don't have need. Some people go that road. I've gone that road before. You show up to church, you got a big smile on your face, like nothing's going on and everything, everything's, everything's all fantastic. And, and really, you're going through it, and you need support, and you need people to come alongside and pray for you, and you need people to, to, to point you and remind you of your fullness in Jesus and go, guess what? Christ is not absent in your suffering. He is with you. He is, he is for you. You are in him, and he is in you, and he is in God, and you are secure. We need to be, we need to be reminded of that. We don't pretend we don't have needs, but it means our needs don't define our standing in Christ. John chapter 16, in verse 33. And this verse starts uh, like this. It says, I have said these things to you. Okay, I need to stop because if I keep going, you'll be like, uh, what things, Mike? Thanks. A little bit of context, buddy, would be great. Uh, and so, <laughs> I said, I have said these things to you. Well, now, so these things, there's a lot of them. And that starts back, and I want to encourage you, go back and start reading in John 13. That's where these things, Jesus starts talking. And actually, these things start with Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And, and this is Jesus' last, um, last encounter pre, pre-cross with his disciples. So he washes their feet, he instructs them, and and one of the things that Jesus is hammering home with his disciples is, guys, I'm the son of God. I am who I say that I am. I'm not going to talk to you in figures of speech anymore. I'm going to tell it to you plainly. I am the Christ. And and even when he prays to God, um, back in, in earlier parts of John 15 and 16, he's praying, God, that they would believe and they would know that you sent me. He's hammering this home. 
So when, when it says this, I have said these things to you, those things are Jesus is the Son of God, to kind of summarize it. But go back, I encourage you, go back and start in John uh, 13 and read through up until this point. And so he says, I have said these things to you, I love this, that in me you may have peace. So good. But in the world, you will have tribulation. Well, doesn't that kind of negate the peace that you gave, Lord? Like, isn't wouldn't the presence of, of tribulation mean the absence of peace? Yeah, sure. In a, in, in a worldly understanding? Yeah, yeah. Sure, it could. But with what Jesus is saying... Guys, I've said these things to you, that I'm the Christ, the only Son of the living God, that God sent me, I am here, I'm going to die for the sins of the world. That He says, I've said these things to you, that in me, in him, there you are, there I am, I can kind of see me, I'm there, I can see more of Jesus, which is great, in me you may have peace. Oh, I love it. In the world, you will have tribulation. And we got to read the next part of this, of this verse. He says this, But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's where we're at this morning. That's where you and I are this morning. We are in him. We may have peace. Doesn't mean your life will be free of tribulation. Jesus actually promises it. This isn't like necessarily a promise that you put on the fridge. Jesus promised me tribulation. You won't see that showing up in the children's ministry message necessarily. Jesus promised tribulation, kids. Ooh, what's that mean? Let's explain it. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So when we come to Jesus in prayer, I want you to be thankful for your fullness in him. And allow the realities of who Jesus is on your behalf and mine and, and our standing in Christ and our fullness in him to be the prelude to every prayer that you pray. And when you face those devastating bedside moments of suffering, we can take heart because he has overcome the world. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for you. Jesus, it is impossible for us to come to you with an understanding of who you are and what you've done for us and not be thankful. Jesus, you never change. Your word says you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are not shaken by our circumstance. But Jesus, you have given us peace in the midst of it. Jesus, you have overcome it. The victory is yours. You have already won. And may we remind ourselves of that this morning. And when we feel like we're in the thick of it, and we, we feel depleted, we feel like we've poured out so much or, the, or, we, or so much has been taken from us. May we remember 
our fullness in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.